God is good. Making of a champion. That's what, that's what our, uh, our theme has been all year long. And uh, did you get a piece of paper with, uh, with tonight's outline and challenge on it and, and our, our confession that we've been uh, talking about each, each month? Uh, if you didn't get one, just raise your hands. Richard will serve you one. Hallelujah. So good to see Mac here tonight. Woo! Amen. It's so good to see Mac. And, uh, and uh, maybe next month we do together, I'm, I'm, I want you to give a testimony. I want you to share something uh, <clears throat> next time we come together. Also, Tony Jordan. Where's Tony Jordan? Where are you at, Tony Jordan? Okay. Okay. Well, Tony Jordan, uh, today was his first, back, first day back to work and since, since February. So that was good. I had some things with his back and everything. So, um, and so it's, it's praise the Lord for that and, and just continue praying for him and strength as he transitions back into, into the, the, his, work, his work schedule. You know, not working for six months and, and, and getting back into it can take, take a lot out of you physically. So, so, uh, so Father, we just thank you for Mac and we thank you for Tony and every, uh, and Ernest, I, knew he, I don't say Ernest tonight, but, but those that, Father, that are, are, are being strengthened and empowered, even Martin Salazar, thank you, Father, for healing in their bodies, strength in their bodies. We just thank you for, for just your hand on their lives. Thank you for equipping them, strengthening them physically, emotionally. Thank you for taking care of everything in their lives financially. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 I, have you have you talked talk, heard about Martin? I haven't I haven't I haven't heard anything in the last day or so. So anyway, I wasn't sure if anyone has got an uh, update about Martin. He was in the hospital with some uh, complications with his heart and some fluid built up around his heart as well. So declaring a wholeness over them over him. Amen. Hallelujah. So what's our purpose? Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together, connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. Amen. And so we've been talking about the making of a champion. Making of a champion. And really, the, the foundation of this comes down to what is a champion. It's not in what you have materially. It's not uh, the things that you do. But it comes down to character. Character is what makes you a champion. Because there's a lot of people that may have a lot of fame, a lot of fortune, but they don't have any character. But character not only will make you a champion, but it will keep you a, as a champion. And every like character. You know, that's one thing I can say about, uh, not, I can say a lot of things about Dr. Savell. I'm going to say just one thing I can say about him is, is, is for 48 years, he's been a man of character. I've, I, I've been involved in this ministry since 1999, and I can say I've, he's been a man of character. He's been a man of integrity. Uh, seen him walk through difficult things. Uh, seen him go through, go through physical challenges, things with family, things with grandchildren, and, and, but watch him still be a person of character on the, in the pulpit and out of the pulpit. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's a great example. Amen. Amen. And, and that's what, that's what his ministry has been, uh, for, for 48 years now, making winners in life. And as a church, as being a branch of Jerry'sville Ministries, we're no different, making winners in life. We do it through an experience with God, equipping people with the word and engaging people to influence the world around you. As men of heritage, I, I want you to embrace 
I want you to embrace an experience with God every day. Every time you get in the word, you're opening yourself up to an experience with God. Every time you get in the word, you're opening yourself up to be equipped by him. But make sure as men, we just don't we just don't have experiences and we just don't get full of the word. But we're also engaging ourselves to influence people's lives. What is a life if it's not influencing another life? I don't, I don't want it said at the end of my life, well, he, was, he, he knew a lot of scripture. Or, hey, he had, he had great stories to tell. He, he, he told me about, oh, we had great times in the presence of God. I, or, or, or Pastor Justin showed me, he, he, man, he did a lot of, you know, he, he, he talked about God a lot. But, but I want it to be said, said in my life that, that, no, he influenced my life. I, I want I want people uh, n- not lined up to to see how many people got to you know came to my funeral because they might have known my name but they could actually say he influenced my life he influenced my life what is influence it's the power and the authority to affect alter or change something I I want it to set of your life that 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 when you get to the end of it that you influence someone's life. That you influence someone's life. That they, you know, I know that old song by Ray Bolts. It was, you know, you know, it was that song. He goes, uh, you know, thank God. Or is it, how's it go? Um, for giving to the Lord. You know, I was a life that was changed, you know, so I'm not gonna have it all singing right now. But, 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 but the thing is, is, is the fact that, that someone else's life is changed because of you. You know, and, and that is my heart, my, my wife and I, and our heart for heritage of faith is that, is that, is that someone else can say not about us, but about you, about Vic. So I'm going to say, man, my life was changed because, because of, of Vic, Vic Boone influenced me. But how could they say that? Because of the experience he had with God and the word that he had on the inside of them. And I want that said about every single one of you, every single one of our men. I know that they're not all here tonight, but I'm telling you that, that our men are influencing people's lives in their workplace everywhere they go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, before we get into the, you know, other things that we, we say about a person of character, you know, coming up next month, we won't have our first Thursday but what we're, it's going to be the first weekend of October. It's going to be on a Friday night and, and, and Saturday. And we're going to meet at Lakeway Retreat Center. It's in Maypearl, Waxahachie area. And uh, we're going to get a couple of dorm-type cabins. And uh, it's going to be an overnight retreat and, or advance, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Don't call it a retreat. We're not going backwards, Pastor. We're going forward. We're advancing. We're advancing the kingdom. Uh, you know, we're, going, we're advancing the kingdom, but... But uh, also, but also, we know that uh, that Jesus retreated to the wilderness to pray. So, so I mean, we we can <laughs> we can argue words or whatever. But but uh, but either way, we're going to go meet God that weekend. And and the cost is uh, it's eighty dollars um, per person. And what that includes is is a room. It includes all your food and and also a t-shirt. And and so uh, and so, but we need to, we need to start knowing now. Even if you know, like, well, and you're like, well, I don't have the money tonight. We need to know. If, if you're wanting to come, because we need to give, uh, we need, we need to reserve the space, renew, reserve how many um, dorms we're going to have. And so whether we have 20, whether we have 70, uh, it's, it's going to be a great weekend. And, uh, and we'll let you know some other things that we'll be doing. There's a lot of, uh, things that they offer. Um, you know, they have a gym there. There's, a, you know, all sorts of things that they gave us a list of different things that they provide. Um, and also there may be some extra things that might cost you money if you want to do paintballing. I think it's $20 a person, but we're not sure exactly all we're going to do yet. We're still mapping out that, 
that weekend, but it's going to be, uh, we'll head down there. Um, we we'll probably want to get, the, we want to get there, uh, probably about five or six on, on Friday evening. Uh, we'll have dinner together. Uh, we'll have a time in the word and then there we'll, we'll do some fellow, some, some, uh, team, team things together. Um, and just a fellowship time. And then Saturday morning, we'll have breakfast, have a time in the word. We'll branch off. We'll do some other things. Uh, we'll come back for lunch, have, an, have some more time together, and then we'll dismiss probably 3 or 4 o'clock on that Saturday afternoon uh, so we can get back and get ready for church on that Sunday. But that is, the dates are the 6th and the 7th. Um, we'll have sign-up sheet in the, uh, at, the, at the bar there in the kitchen area, and I'll make another announcement at the end. But sign up uh, before you leave tonight so we at least, we least have an idea. Uh, you can go on, and there will be three ways to give, whether by check, you can pay tonight, you can pay cash. You can also text to give uh, as well for that. Also, you can go to our website, and you can register on our website under Men's Retreat uh, on there. And everything's going to be about making of a champion. So, so I'll announce it again at the end, but I just wanted to share that with you. So making of a champion. What does a person of character look like and act like? Let's just follow me along and just repeat these with me. Step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job in your moment. Hate apathy, reject passivity, refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of a sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you're challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. Serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness. Hope in the eternal and live for a greater reward. Amen. That's what a person of champion is. That's what a, what a champion is all about. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. Can continue to confess this over your life. Speak it over your life. You're like, well, I don't really feel that way. No, speak it over your life. Speak it over your life. Don't, don't, don't speak the things that are. Call those things that be not as though they are. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about faking it. I'm talking about speak to your future. Speak to your destiny. Speak over your wife. Speak over your children. Don't, don't, don't speak over your children on what, what they're doing wrong. Speak over them of what they're doing right. I, um, you know, a lot of times it's easy when you discipline your children that the enemy can come in and, and all of a sudden they can have this mindset because you corrected them that they're a bad child. You know, and, and Brent, Brent, you know, had to correct him over something and, and, and he goes, I guess I'm just a bad kid. And I was like, I don't ever want to hear you ever say that again. You're not a bad, you're not a bad kid. Don't, don't, don't speak negative things over your children. Don't speak life over them. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean you, you don't correct or, or you don't challenge. You don't discipline. Now, that's not the case. No, you speak life into them. Even when you're disciplining, you speak life into them. Speak life over your wife. Speak life over your wife. Speak good things over, over your spouse. Don't, 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 don't always bring out the negative as it pertains to your No, you build your spouse up. I don't know why I'm going in this direction, but, but, but you have to speak over the, over your life, over your family, over your, speak over your, don't speak the negative things about, about your church. You speak life over your church. If you want to speak negative things over this church, find another church. 
Don't speak ne- negative things over me as you, well, that pastor, Justin, he just, you know, no, you speak life over me. I need, I need your words of faith over my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. God is good. So we've been talking about making of a champion, and this is session eight uh, that we've been talking. And tonight I want to deal with, with resisting the pressure to compromise. Resisting the pressure to compromise. If, you, if, if you're going to be a champion in life, you're going to have to resist the pressure to compromise. <laughs> you know, last week, um, Annette and I, we went away to spend some time with Jesus and, and, and hear from God and about 2018. And, and we literally went to the mountain, so to speak. We went to Yosemite National Park. And, and, uh, and, and one day we went to a hike and uh, it was up to a hike called Mist Trail. Anyone ever been to Yosemite National Park? You go up to Mist Trail, it's, it's actually halfway up to what they call Half Dome. If you ever look at Yosemite Park, you're going to see either Half Dome or El Capitan, and, you know, these, these major hikes that people do. And we went about halfway. I was about seven miles. And, and so we walked up there, and, and we get to this part where they call it Mist Trail because there's, there's these Vernon Falls that come off the Nevada Falls that, that come down off the mountain. And as you come down, it's just mist everywhere, and all the steps and everything. It's beautiful. And there's like a rainbow over the, the falls, and, 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 it just, and it's hitting the ground. It's a 2,000-foot drop. And of just water hitting the rocks. And, and so you've all this mist going everywhere. And we're having to walk up these steps that are super steep. And there's a, there's a pipe going this way. And you have a rock wall here. And, you, and it's like thousands of feet down as you're walking up to this thing. And, and, and you know, we're doing this hiking. And all of a sudden, I got a... All of a sudden, that day, my foot decided to have an ingrown toenail. And I'm walking... I'm walking up, you know, you know, walking uphill is not too bad with an ingrown toenail. It's walking downhill that hurts with an ingrown toenail because every time you're going down, it's your, your foot is hitting the end of the, the shoe. And, and I'm walking down, I'm going, every step, I'm going, mm, mm. You know what? I didn't want to get all the way to the top because I knew if I get all the way to the top, I'm going to also have to get all the way to the bottom. And I'm, I'm looking up and I'm going, oh my. And, and you were now saying, I'm, I'm going to make it to the top. I'm going to make it to the top. You know what? I had to resist the pressure to turn back. That's good. I had to resist the pressure to turn back. My physical body, my, my toe was every time I took a step, my foot was going, mmm. I'm going, mmm. <laughs> every step. It's like, wow. Okay. But I wasn't going to complain. I wasn't going to tell anyone. And, and, and so a couple of people we were with, they're like, you're like, you're okay. I'm, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. You know what? And I'm so glad that I made it to the top because it was some of the most beautiful scenery I'd ever, ever seen. I, and, and, and going up these steep steps and, and looking out and man, it's, it's tight up there. I mean, two people can't go down this path and you're looking at like a thousand feet down at this part and you're going up the side of this mountain and it's all wet and it's rock and wet rock gets slippery. <laughs> and we're walking, but I'm so glad I didn't res, I resisted compromising. I resisted turning back. You know, it's easy when we're going on our journey to compromise and give in. You know, Job makes a statement. Let me turn there. In in Job chapter uh, uh, 10, I believe it is, Job makes a statement. 
And he says, he says, my soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself and I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. You see, it's easy when that it's, it's, it's normal, I'd say. That when you're going through difficult times, it's normal to complain. But we're not normal. Champions aren't normal. Champions aren't normal. In Psalms chapter 6, David says, verse 6, I am weary with my groanings. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. You see, you, you see, when you're going through, it's, it, it's natural to complain. It's natural to want to give in when, the, when it gets tough. It's natural. But we're not natural. Champions aren't natural. Champions go above and beyond. Champions do things that no one else does. Champion will get up in the morning and exercise when everyone else is in bed. Champions will, will, champions will work two jobs if they need to, to make sure their family have what they need. Champions will, 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 will stay late and, and do things that no one else will do. You know, uh, you know, a, a champion will, will, will pray when everyone else is, 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 is maybe watching TV. A champion will, will do things that no one else does. You know, I remember back when I, when, when I played soccer in high school, we, we always had one of the best teams in our region. Why? Because, because our, the, coach that, 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 the coach that we had believed in discipline. You know, as being an offensive lineman, you know, the, the, the cardinal sin as, as an offensive lineman in soccer was for us is, is you never kick a ball over the goal line. You never kick a ball over the goal. Never. We, we, would do, we would do shooting drills. And as, as someone on, in offense, a shooting drill, you do not kick a ball over that, over that top pipe. It, it, that, was a, that was a cardinal sin. He said, you have a chance to shoot on goal, you better shoot on goal. He said, you better make that goalie work for it. Hitting it over the crossbar is not making that goalie work for it. And, and, and in, in shooting drills, what we would do is we, sh- we hit one over the, over, over the, over the goal line. He said, find the end of the line. <laughs> you know what? In the soccer field, there's not an end of a goal line. <laughs> Bridges, find the end of the line. Okay. I, know, I knew what that meant. You, you better get running. You run. <laughs> Manual, find the end of the line. You know, after a while in, in 100 degree heat and 100% humidity, two practices a day, hey, you're going you're gonna to lean over that ball when you shoot on goal. You know, because the ball goes up when you lean back. So, so you're going to lean over the ball. It's a lot harder for a goalie to, to get a ball this high off the ground than it is this high off the ground. So, so the thing is, is we, we were good because, because our coach believed in discipline. And it, when it came to running, it came to everything that we did. And we were successful by the end of the year going to state several times. Why? Because we would not compromise those little things. We would not compromise when it came to, to our ability and the, the, our agility, our ability to do things. So champions refused to compromise. 
in the summertime doing two practices a day, we knew it was going to pay off by the time we got to November when it was time to, to play the bigger schools or the better teams. So you have to refuse to compromise. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I'm going to go there for, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. You see, we know God has thoughts about us, right? And they're what thoughts of peace and not evil to give us hope in our final outcome. But also you have to realize that, (laughs) that the enemy has thoughts about us. God has thoughts. The enemy has thoughts. You know what his thoughts are? John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So God has thoughts of peace about us, but the enemy has thoughts of stealing, killing and destroying. You see, God has made us to be champions, but yet the enemy wants you to be destroyed. And so it's, it's, it's us coming to a place to refuse the pressure to compromise. The only thing that's going to cause you to lose in life and fulfilling your purpose in his life is your decision to compromise. Our decision to compromise. The enemy is out to get you off course. Let's go to first Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. We're going to get to Nehemiah because this whole whole study that we've been doing this this year has been about the life of Nehemiah. Learned some great things to Nehemiah, haven't we, this year? First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty four, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. Not run that you may lose. See, this, this race that we all have a race that we're running. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not racing against David Lawson. I'm not racing against David Moreno. I'm not racing against Eric or Vic. I'm running my race. I'm running my race. And it's not, it's not, am I running better than Eric? Am I running better than David? You know, am I, am, am I doing what, am I doing more than what it has nothing to do about, about what they're doing. It has to do, am I running in a way that I obtain? You know, you'll never obtain anything if you always compromise. If, if I compromise going up there, I would have never received the prize of seeing something amazing. If I'd compromised, if we had compromised as a team, you know, playing soccer, we would never been able to hold some of the trophies or some of the accolades that we'd had. It's the same thing in life. When you, when you don't run, when you compromise, you're not running in a way that obtains verse 25 says, every man that strives for the mastery is temperate. Hallelujah. In all things. Now, I looked up this phrase, striveth for the mastery. And the word striveth for the mastery is one, one Greek word. And it's where we get our word agony. It's where we get our word agony. When I, when I, when I saw that, I thought of, remember, Wild World of Sports, Howard Cosell? Remember, Howard Cosell? You know, and, and they would do that, you know, the agony of defeat and all that. And, but I was thinking of this word agony in, in this word, ag, where the Greek word here means to contend with adverse, uh, 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 to, to contend with an adversary. Striveth for the mastery. It all means to endure, to accomplish, to, en, no, I'm sorry, and to endeavor to accomplish. 
Another word for this strive for the mastery is to fight with labor fervently. So when it says the strive for the mastery, it's saying this is, this is intense. This is intense. There's not agony is like, okay, I'm not going to make it through. No, no, there, there's, there's an intensity, meaning I'm pressing into this. There's, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to strive. I'm going to strive with the mastery, temper in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep my body under and I bring it into subjection. I get that. And I bring it into subjection. You see, when you bring something into subjection, that means you're taking control of that. If, if I bring, if I come here for a second, Vic. If I bring Vic into subjection and I bring him, what, it, what, what, what I'm doing is I'm bringing him into a place that he can't move from. And so you have, we have to treat our race like this because see, see what is compromise? It means you're not bringing anything to subjection, meaning, meaning everything is acceptable. Everything's okay. I can watch what I want to watch. I can go where I want to go. I can do what I want to do. But you know what? As champions can't do just anything. They have to bring their body into subjection. Amen. Thank you, Vic. Do you see that? You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 uh, talks, talks about running a race as well. And it says, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. Now, I got look, look at looking at this word beset. And I was thinking that this word beset always meant to, to um, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you, meaning pulling you back. But as I looked at this word in the Greek, this word in the Greek means to skillfully surround now, now get this. So it says we have a great cloud of witnesses. And so it says lay aside every weight and sin that skillfully is surrounding you. See, the enemy is skillful. The enemy wants to, wants to, wants to take you out. The enemy wants to keep you from running your race. Lay aside every weight and sin that would surround you. And let us run our race. So you have to lay these things that are skillfully surrounding you. And you need to press past them and run your race. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. We have to refuse the pressure to compromise. Because it's going to come. It, it will come. There will be, you know, I hear Tommy, you know, telling stories about when the Lord told him and directed him into the ministry that he's been in now for how many years? 21 years. How many times did you have pressure to, to, to quit, to compromise that <laughs> every day? You know, you're, there's always going to be that, that potential to, to, or the, the opportunity to compromise. But I'm telling you, there's a prize. You know what? And we're going to obtain it. We're going to run in such a way that we obtain it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In my Christian walk, I believe the biggest thing that will hinder us from having God's best is discouragement. Discouragement is deadly. And the worst thing about discouragement, it's so subtle. Discouragement is like a poison that can destroy everything around you. Discouragement will come in. Why? Because it wants you to compromise. 
When discouragement comes in, its purpose is to steal and destroy your passion for life, your dreams, your hopes, your positive outlook, your relationships. The very word discouragement means to be without courage, which means to be without faith. Hallelujah. No one is exempt from this. We have to make a decision that we're going to run that we might obtain. And we have to refuse Resist the pressure to compromise. So we've been talking about Nehemiah. Let's go to Nehemiah. Is everyone a little anyone a little chilly in here? Can we can we do something with air? It's a little it's a little chilly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're gonna discover some more things here with Nehemiah. He was a champion. He refused to compromise. Nehemiah chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, I need to make this statement about Nehemiah. Is nothing was going to bring him down off that wall. And I want you to look at your life for the rest of our time we have together tonight. Just the, the, I want you to look at it from the standpoint that nothing is going to bring me off this wall. Where's God called you to be? Where's he told you to serve? Where's he told you to go to church? What has he told you to do with your family? What has he told you to do in your calling, your purpose, whatever it is? And, and make that determination that nothing is going to bring me off this wall. Because his assignment was to rebuild these walls. So you know what? So the enemy is going to do everything he can do to compromise and get him off those walls. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural, what you're going through. Make the determination that I'm not coming off this wall. I'm not coming off this wall. I'm not coming down off this wall. What God's told me to do, I'm not coming off this wall. You know, he, Nehemiah had so many opportunities to come off this wall. And, and, and I want to look at some of these things here that he was challenged in so many different ways. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 13. He says, therefore, said I in the lower place behind the wall and on the higher place, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, their bows. And I looked and I rose up and I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them, meaning the enemy. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to nothing that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto the work. Verse 16, and from that time forth, half of my servants worked at the task and the other half held their spears and shields and bows and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind all the house of Judah, those who built the wall and those who bore uh, who bore burdens, loaded themselves so that everyone worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other hand. And every builder had his sword girded by his side and so worked. And he who surrounded the tr- sounded the trumpet was at my side. And I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and scattered and we are separated on the wall one far from another. 
in whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work while half of them held their spears from dawn until the stars came out. And at that time also, I said to the people, let everyone with his servants lodge within Jerusalem, that at night they may guard to us, be a guard to us and labor during the day. So none of us, I, my kinsmen, my servant, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes. Each kept his weapon in his hand for days. Man, think about this. I mean, they were determined that nothing was going to stop them. No enemy coming at them. Nothing was going to see the enemy was trying to come at them in so many ways. Sam Ballot and Tobiah were trying to come come against them in so many ways, trying to get enemies to come and fight them. But you know what? We're not moving. I got a weapon in one hand and I got a tool in the other. We're going to stay up. We're going to have one group stay up all night. We're going to have another one. and They're going to work. We're not going to stop this. Why? Because we're going to build this wall. We're going to build this wall. Sam Ballad and Tobiah would bring one attack after another, but yet they had to move on and do something different to try to t- try to trick Nehemiah. Why? Because the enemy wanted to get Nehemiah in a place where he would compromise. That's how Satan does things. He can intimidate, demoralize, but and bring discouragement. But the thing was, it was not going. He, Nehemiah was going to refuse to compromise. Now, compromise is a peculiar word, you know, because there's a positive aspect to compromise in our world. You know, compromise can be a a positive thing, you know, in the world we live in. It's that's really what the the, the world wants everyone to do. We need to compromise. Let's just compromise. Let's just let's just give in. And we'll just compromise. Now, compromise is not a bad thing when it pertains to preference. You know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. Or, you know, with a husband and wife, there's, there's sometimes there's things, you know, that, that you could compromise. Are we going to get French's mustard or are we going to get Golden's mustard? You know, which one are we going to do? There's, there's some things, you know, you know, what color do you like of this or what color do you like of that preference? You know, we can compromise when it comes to preference. But the world wants us to compromise in every area of our lives. It's okay to compromise when it comes to preference. But we should never compromise when it comes to principle. We do not compromise when it comes to principle. See, see Nehemiah was not going to compromise when it came to principle. No, my mandate is to build this wall. What's your mandate? What's God speaking to you? What has God shown you? Do not compromise. Do not compromise in those things. Israel lived in a constant cycle of defeat because of their constant cycle of compromise. God's people constantly were defeated. Why? Because of their constant cycle of compromise. You know, God said, I want to be your king. Well, no, we want a king. We want it. We want a king like everyone else has a king. You know, well, okay, he tells them, don't marry all these foreign wives. Why? Because God knew that if they marry the foreign wives, they're going to start serving the foreign gods. The issue was God didn't like, it wasn't the fact that he didn't like other people. That, that, that's not the issue. The issue was, was you're going to start serving other gods. You're going to start compromising other gods. So what happened? Israel lived in a constant cycle of defeat because of, of compromise. You know, I look back in areas of defeat in my life. And honestly, 
every single time it's been because I compromised something. Whether we want to be real with it or not, really ask yourself. How'd this defeat come about? Man, something had to do with compromise. One of the greatest tragedies that have ever happened in the world came as a result of compromise. Brad, can you put that image on the screen? Anyone know who this guy is? Everyone heard of the name of Neville Chamberlain. Neville Chamberlain, the prime minister of England in the 1930s. He's holding that, that piece of paper up and rejoicing in celebration. But yet it was a piece of paper that represented the, the death of maybe 50 to 80 million people. Him and France went in to meet with Hitler. And they set up what is now known as the Munich Pact. Because they thought, well, if we compromise and we give Hitler Czechoslovakia, then we'll be able to save the rest of Europe. That's what the Munich Pact was. Thing is, okay, we'll compromise Czechoslovakia, but but uh, but you know what? We'll you know in the hopes of we'll save the rest of Europe. But but after that, Hitler wasn't satisfied with just Czechoslovakia. <laughs> His intent was world domination, and it estimated in between the low numbers, fifty million people died as a result of four, uh, World War Two. Just in a matter of between nineteen thirty nine and nineteen what forty six. 26 million Russians were killed. Wow. They say some estimates up to 80 million people. All because he's celebrating this pact that he made with Hitler. But yet it was one of the most gravest mistakes of compromise in history. See, when you don't stand up to the enemy... The enemy will always defeat you. Man. Compromise. Compromise. A step toward compromise in any area is a step towards defeat. Second Corinthians 2.11 says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. No good can ever come from, from finding a point of agreement between good and evil. Let me make that statement again. No good can ever come from finding a point of agreement between good and evil. It's either good or it's evil. There, there's no in between. The, the, you know, yeah, compromise is a matter of preference. What color carpet do you want? Hey, that's great. <laughs> but, but not when a matter of principle. What has God told you? Because huh, a little disobedience is still disobedience. That's right. That's right. Come on. If God told you to go all the way and you went three quarters of the way, it's compromise. 
Second Corinthians chapter six. I'm going to go back to Nehemiah and just try to wrap up with this for a little bit longer than I was expecting to. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians six. Thank you, Father. It says, "Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness." And what, what concord, Amplified says, what harmony can there be t- between, Christ, between Christ and the devil? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, even as God has said, I will dwell in them and with and among them and walk in with among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. You see, it's, it's, it's light and dark can't dwell together. You can't, unrighteousness can't dwell with righteousness. Now, now that's not to say we don't witness to the world. That's not to say that we're not in the world. It's just the, the world is not going to dictate what we do. That's to say you don't love your neighbor. It's not saying that you don't love the unrighteous or you don't love other people. It, the, the thing is, is, is we don't allow the world to fit us into its mold. We don't allow the world to bring us to a place of compromise. No, no, light is light and dark is dark. And we're not going to compromise these two things. This is, this is right. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Amen. There's standards that we need to set up in our life as men and, and don't go beyond those things. Why? Why? Because, because this is the direction that God wants me to go. And the moment that I allow the world to, to infiltrate my life is the moment I start going backwards. Amen. But champions have to refuse the pressure and resist the pressure to compromise. Let's go back to uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6. Now, see, the enemy was constantly, constantly trying to get Nehemiah and the people off this wall. The Nehemiah, because they knew if they could get, they knew if they could get Nehemiah off this wall, we can get everyone else off this wall. You know, and, and think about that. We're leaders in our homes, in our workplaces, and if the enemy can get you to compromise, see, he wants he he's not just out for you. He wants out everyone else that you're supposed to affect. So look at this. Verse 1 says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of the enemy heard that I had built the walls and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. See, he, he, he was almost victorious. The walls were done, but the doors weren't on yet. See, the enemy is going to fight you till the end. Verse 2, that Samballot and Geshem sent unto them, saying, Come, let us meet together. Now get this. Samballot and Geshem sent unto me, Nehemiah, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the, some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to me, they, they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Will I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent, me, they sent unto me four times. And I answered them all after the same manner. See, the enemy isn't going to give four times the same way. Come down and come to the valley of Ono. <laughs> See, the enemy wants you to come down to Ono so you will say, oh, no. 
<laughs> so, so to get it four times, the enemy came the same way. Why? He's wanting to get him off the walls. Get off the walls. Four times. The enemy is persistent. He's going to want you to get off your wall. See, next, next, Nehemiah, next thing he, he tries, he, he tries to use blackmail. Verse, verse 7, actually verse 5 says, Then Samballot and Tobiah, his servant, sent a servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashum saith it, that thou and the Jews... Amplified. It, is, it was written, it is reported among the neighboring nations that Geshem say, says it, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, you are building the wall that you may be their king, according to the report. Also, you have set up prophets to announce concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and now this will be reported to the Persian king. See, he was sent by the Persian king. And they, he, he sends an open letter. What's an open letter meaning? This open letter means that everyone can read it. So now he's spreading gossip. He's, he's this open letter is going everywhere saying, hey, this Nehemiah, he, he wants everyone to announce him, the prophets to announce him as the king of Judah. So he's, now he's saying the king, of, the king of Persia got word of this. So come now and let us take counsel together. He goes, I replied to him, <laughs> get this, no such thing as you have said has been done. You are inventing them out of your own heart and mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will be so weak that they will work, will not be done. But now strengthen my hands. Get this. The enemy, he didn't want to stop. He was trying to see the king is the one who sent him. And now he's saying the king has said. They're saying the king didn't say that. See, the enemy would do everything. They can get to get you off that wall. Let's go to look at verse 10. So the enemy will want you to do to do a right thing, but with a wrong motive. Verse 10, he says, I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut up. He said, let us meet together in the house of God. Oh, let's meet in the house of God. That sounds good. Now, see, Nehemiah, he, he, he loves God. He's out to God. God's helping him. But let's meet in the house of God. Sounds good. Within the temple. And let us shut the door of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. At night, they're coming to kill you. But I said, should such a man as I flee? And what man such as I should go into the temple? Where only the priests are allowed to go and yet live. I will not go in. And behold, I saw that God had not sent him. But he made this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He was hired that I should be made afraid and do as he said and sin, that they might have matter for an evil report with which to taunt and reproach me. May God think on Tobiah and Sambalat according to these their works and on the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have put me in fear. So the wall was finished on the 52nd day of the month of Elul in 52 days. The 25th day in the 52 days. You see, he even, you said, come down and let's go to the temple. But you know what? Nehemiah knew the only person that could go in the temple, within the temple. And in the, and in the, in the original language that were in, within the temple means the Holy of Holies. Nehemiah knew he wasn't supposed to go there. You see, the enemy would even want to compromise in a good thing. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going. No, not come off the wall. Don't come off the wall. 
And I'm going to take the time, really, the last thing that the enemy tried to do. And you, if you read the, the last five verses of this, you see that Tobiah had people on the inside because people on the inside were writing letters to Tobiah and Tobiah was writing letters back to them. So even Tobiah tried to sabotage everything to get him off the wall. But it didn't matter. God was on his side as long as Nehemiah refused to compromise. Staying on the wall. Staying on the wall. Refuse to compromise. What we see more than anything else is a determination and a focus on Nehemiah's part. He resisted the pressure to compromise. He overcame flattery, extortion, confusion, intimidation, deception, because he knew that you don't compromise on the ease of your great, on the eve of your greatest victory. You don't compromise on the eve of your greatest victory. Let me say it again. You don't compromise on the eve of your greatest victory. Don't give one inch inch to the enemy. The enemy is a master at letting, at letting go of the great to possess the little. See, the enemy, that's what he wants to do. Let go of the greater things and just possess the little. Let go of the, 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 the end result to, to, to embrace a, a temporary pleasure. Sin has, has pleasure for a season. And he, wants to, he will want you to embrace this something temporary to let go of the eternal. Like what Oral Roberts used to say, what you compromise to keep, you lose. And just want to close with two scriptures real quick. First Corinthians, first Timothy four. And these are instructions to Timothy that Paul gives him. Man, going way longer than I thought tonight. Getting something out of this tonight? Hallelujah. First Timothy. Paul was encouraging Timothy and because it's easy to get discouraged. First Timothy chapter four, verse 11 says, continue. Verse 11 says, continue to command these things and to teach them. Let no one despise or think less of you because of your youth, but be an example, a pattern for believers. Get this in speech, in conduct in love, in faith, and in purity. But be an example. Verse 13, Till I come, devote yourselves to reading, to exhortation, to teaching, and instilling doctrine. And do not neglect the gift that's in you. See, these are words of no compromise. Be an example in your conduct. See, that's, that's comp- see that has to do with, if you're going to be an example in your conduct... That's, that's like, you know what? That's continuing this example. Not compromising. Be de- Devote yourself. That's, that's not compromising. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. That's not compromising. And Paul's encouraging Timothy. Hey, I know you're frustrated. I know you want to give up. I know this is a huge task. I know I left you with a lot of responsibilities. Hey, don't compromise. You continue to conduct yourself. Be an example. And I want to encourage every single one of us. Let's be an example. Be an example in this church to your children of what it means to serve. What it means to love your neighbor. What it means to reach out to others. Be an example in your conduct, in your love, in your faith. 
And lastly, there's so many things I could bring out in the, in the book of Timothy, but these were just the two points. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Follow after these things. Man, that's, that's being consistent. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience. I hear him saying, don't compromise, but follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And what? Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. That's no compromise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So my encouragement to you tonight is stay on your wall. Stay on your wall. Resist the pressure to compromise. Be the man that God's called you to be. Be the husband, the father, the servant, the leader, the minister that God's called you to be. Don't come off your wall. Because your wall not just is not is not you rebuilding your wall is not just for you but it's for generations after you Amen. father we thank you for the word tonight and we thank you for the challenge that it brings to our into our lives we thank you for for the strength that it brings to our lives we thank you for your continued faithfulness over our lives thank you father we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your strength we thank you father that that that, that we are we are stepping into our greatest days. We also, that means making a commitment to not compromise. And it's not that we're strong in ourselves. It's not that we're strong in our own ability. Father, we are what we are by the grace of God. And it's through your grace. It's through your strength. It's through the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And it's through your word that's going to cause us to not compromise. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. For strengthening us empowering us in every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Just stand to your feet. And I just want you to pray over the person that's on your left, on your right. That they'd be strengthened. That they'd be empowered. That they'd be equipped. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Thank you, Father, that every single one of us, Father, are stepping into our place. We're stepping into our position of victory, stepping into our position of being a champion. That if there's been areas in our life where where we let slip, if there's areas where we've let the enemy in, as it pertains, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's maybe it's lust, maybe it's um, maybe it's anger, whatever it is, Father, we, we 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 make a decision to get back on our wall. We repent. We repent and, 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 and we look on to Jesus. We repent. And as we repent, we thank you that he is just and faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we get back up on our wall. We get back up on our wall.
Thank you. And, and, for, and, and for the aid of the Holy Spirit to cause us to, to press on, to be an example in our conduct, be example in love, be example in faith, be example in peace. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, I speak victory. I speak victory over every single man in this place. I speak victory over every man that's listening by way of internet. That's listening at a later time. That I speak victory over them. I thank you that their victory, Father, that the faith, their faith is a victory. And that victory will cause them to overcome the world. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You receive this tonight? Hallelujah. We give him a shout of praise if you receive this tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.